0: Entering the Freedom Hut.
1: President Trump calls for a peaceful transition, but he won't be at the Biden inauguration. A Capitol Hill police officer dies from riot injuries, an inexcusable COVID vaccine delay, and get ready for a purge of conservatives.
0: This, this is the Buck Sexton Show. Where the mission, mission is to decode what really matters with actionable intelligence.
2: One Make no mistake. American you
0: great American again. The Buck Sexton show begins.
3: Activated. Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. He's a great guy. It
2: is Buck
0: Sexton. Now.
1: The president has said it's over. He said there is no longer any continued fight over the election. There must be a peaceful transition. He released a statement last night, and I wanted to let you hear some of that right now. So we can discuss what what this all means. Go for it.
2: I would like to Play begin 10. by addressing the heinous attack on the United States Capitol. Like all Americans, I am outraged by the violence, lawlessness and mayhem. I immediately deployed the National Guard and federal law enforcement to secure the building and expel the intruders. America is and must always be a nation of law and order. The demonstrators who infiltrated the Capitol have defiled the seat of American democracy. To those who engaged in the acts of violence and destruction, you do not represent our country. And to those who broke the law, you will pay. We have just been through an intense election and emotions are high, but now tempers must be cooled and calm restored. We must get on with the business of America. My campaign vigorously pursued every legal avenue to contest the election results. My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. In so doing, I was fighting to defend American democracy. I continue to strongly believe that we must reform our election laws to verify the identity and eligibility of all voters and to ensure faith and confidence in all future elections.
1: We do need to make sure that future elections don't have some of the questions around them that this one did. We absolutely need to ensure that. But this election is over, friends. This one is done. You know it. I know it. We don't need to get too deep into all of that. And we have less than two weeks before the Joe Biden administration is going to start. So now we have to to deal with this. We have to see this reality for what it is. And we have to prepare for what is coming. I'm going to do all of that with you today. But first, I I want to say that there is and I will not let this go. A tremendous amount of hypocrisy. From the media about what they saw on Capitol Hill and what they generally excuse or explain away or or even encourage, depending on who we're talking about and what specific riot. All riots are bad. We should be able to agree on this, right? Left, right, everybody should be able to agree. All riots are bad. You don't start breaking things, attacking people, trespassing, threatening. and and even assaulting law enforcement. Look, a Capitol Hill police officer is dead, they believe, because he was hit over the head with a fire extinguisher. That's murder. A woman went to this protest, and she was shot in the neck, and what looks like, like, to me, excessive force, which would make that an, an illegal shooting, not quite murder, but perhaps a criminal charge, we shall see. But the Capitol Hill police officer who died was doing his job. He was doing his job. We back the blue or not? We do. Let's not forget that. Do we d- condemn riots or not? We do. And I'm telling you, any, anybody right now who wants to get mad at me about this one or wants to, to pick a fight over this, I welcome it. Let's all remember who we are. Let's remember what we stand for here. All right, Trump is done. He's not going to be president for the next four years. And there are very real questions now about what the future of President Trump personally in politics will be. I think his statement last night was excellent. I think that he is representative of a broader movement of conservative populism, but we have to see where this all goes. The next two weeks need to be a quieter process. A peaceful process, as he has called for. Uh, but we also need to deal with this reality. I know it's uncomfortable. People have been lied to here, they have been misled. And, and honestly, I, I'm there are some people who have been telling me the truth about what has been going on to the degree they could in the White House. And there were others who were running around saying things just wait, just wait. We're going to have the evidence, we're going to give it to you. I'm telling, and they were telling me this. On a personal level, they were telling me this off the record, behind closed doors. What do they have? Where is it? Nothing. They didn't change a darn thing. And now the left is more emboldened than it's ever been. They have the House. They have the Senate. They have the presidency. It's all happening right now. And I'm here with you getting ready for the fight that lays ahead because we are coming to grips with this one right now. And, and part of that means looking at everything honestly now with clear eyes. Look at what has actually happened. A Capitol Hill police officer is dead. A woman, a, a mother, a, a veteran is dead. A, a number of other people from injuries that I, I can't get specifics about how, but they're being Uh, placed as uh, they're they're being reported on as injuries related to or deaths related to this protest. There are a handful of other people as well, but certainly the Capitol Hill Police officer and Ashley Babbitt, the woman who was shot in the neck, they are dead. And this this whole uh, unleashing of of fury and rage in the Capitol, as I as I said immediately, and many people are mad. Oh, I know I'm like all these others, thousands and thousands of, of unfollows on Twitter and everything else. Always going to tell you the truth. This is not a close call. This is not a hard one. Uh, This was a massive blunder. And we need to rally back from this and come together. This was it was wrong and it was dumb. And that's what we need to understand right now. It was wrong and it was counterproductive on every level. And the people who are telling you otherwise in, in media are lying to you. The people who are telling you that there's still going to be some constitutional challenge or there's a Kraken or there's a whatever, they are lying to you. And some of them have been lying to you all along. Some of them have been lying to you now for six to eight weeks or so, telling you, oh, don't worry, it's definitely going to happen. And they knew better. I've been saying for how long now, Joe Biden's almost certainly going to be the president. You know the only reason I, I couldn't tell you 100%, I was saying 99%, because there are people around this White House. There were people who are uh, very connected into the Trump administration who were saying there's it's any you're going to see something. It's coming. It's coming. I, I'm not running the uh, I'm not running the recount efforts. I'm not the one going through the ballots. I'm not bringing the legal challenges. So I, I had to, you have to leave open the possibility. But I've been saying this for a while and people including some who I know have listened to to me for a long time, and they know to trust me. They know I tell them the truth. They know the value of this show lies not just in the knowledge that I have about an array of things, but also in the fact that I will always respect you. I I don't pander to this audience. I don't lie to this audience. And unfortunately, there are a lot of other people who do. And that's why there's so much anger right now on top of all the other things. Not only have we had a year of covid 19 and lockdowns and just BLM riots and all the rest of it. We've also had a year in the end here going into the election where there were people that we were counting on and people that we were trusting and they've let us down. Let's understand that there are people that many of you listen to or watch or or trust when they speak in their professional capacity in some government role and they have let us down. That has occurred. We, we should we should be honest about it. We should be able to speak about it. And anyone who's telling you the truth, I can assure you, is not the enemy. All right. So get that out of your head. I know this this is this is a tough one. I it's a tough week. I tweeted out Monday night. It's going to be a rough week, folks. Strap in. I didn't know how rough it was going to be. And yes, it's worth discussing the hypocrisy. Yes, we need to understand. That the Democrat left is vicious and vindictive and taking this far beyond. I mean, saying that this was sedition and that people should spend decades in prison. Look, if you if you hit a cop over the head with a fire extinguisher and he died, you, you got to go away. You got to go away for, for murder. That's what we're talking about now. This is serious, folks. And, and you you know that I'm right when I say that. If somebody if somebody assaulted a law, I don't care what they think their cause is. Somebody assaults a law enforcement officer in the course of his duties or her duties and and kills that officer there must be sev- there must be severe penalty and there must be absolute accountability for that otherwise we've got nothing otherwise we're just it's just mob versus mob out there on the streets do they like the mob does the left like the mob when it suits their purposes of course they do is it disgusting that they have no standards that they apply to this that are that are equal is it is it grotesque that they're hypocrites in ways that You almost wonder if it's just a commentary on their intelligence or just their their character is so rotten that they don't know the difference. But this is where we are. I, I wanted to bring you better news this week, that's for sure. And I'm as disappointed as many of you. I'm as disappointed as those of you who were expecting four more years. You know, I was the guy who in 2019 was telling you, enjoy this, remember this. The good guys are winning. The country is doing great. This is as good as it's going to get anytime soon. That's what I was telling you. You remember that. 2020 was a different story for us because of this pandemic and because the left finally felt like it was in a position to get vengeance on Trump and his supporters. And they're just getting started. If you're wondering if I have a silver lining for you at this point, it would be the following. There's a lot of. There's a lot of recriminations, a lot of finger pointing, a lot of uh, circular firing squad among Republicans going on right now. And that's only going to that's only going to be more in the in the days and weeks ahead. And it's going to look like we have a very bleak political future. It's going to feel that way. There are going to be some times I'm here to tell you that we will get through this. We will uh, come together. And one of the biggest instigators of that will be the way that the left is now going to overplay its hand, pretend it has a mandate, ignore the will of 74 million voters and treat them like they're subhuman and they're scum. And the media will will talk down to them. Joe Biden will give some uh, completely boilerplate speeches about how he wants to unify the country and bring the country together. And then every Democrat policy and every action taken by Big corporations and social media and journals will be to punish, to punish the apostates, the people who are are uh, beneath contempt for their support of Donald Trump. And you know what that's going to do? That's going to bring us all together. We're going to end up circling the wagons among conservatives because we're not going to have any choice, friends. That's happening. It's just a question of when. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. This riot on Capitol Hill, the media hates. And I'm not going to say anything other than it should be condemned. And it was it was just honestly awful. Um, What happened? You know, now, now we've got people who are dead and all this did was hurt the movement. And it's just it was bad. I said it right away. As soon as I saw it, my stomach was turning over. I I just felt, you know, my my uh, my heart drop into my throat. I said, oh, my gosh, no, not this. But the media also has a long history and a recent history of feeling very differently about political violence and about riots. And we're not going to let them get away with that hypocrisy. We should remember That the viciousness and destructiveness of BLM was supported by, excused by, even encouraged by members of the mainstream media. That police officers were murdered by BLM supporters. And that happened even the first iteration during the first iteration of BLM back in, what was it, 2015? So we've been seeing this for quite some time. Here is a, a montage pulled together, I believe, by Grabian of all the times that the media in the last year uh, were talking about violence in a way that it feels quite, and this is just a sampling of it, there's more, but it, it feels like if it's their team doing this, then it's like not that big a deal. And I'm talking about burning down police stations. I'm talking about trying to set fire to a federal courthouse. I'm talking about shining lasers in the eyes of, federal officers with the intention of blinding them i'll tell you right now if i thought somebody was trying to blind me and i had a sidearm i would use it in the course of my duties but that was all somehow very different that was all very very different according to the media play clip one
3: I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it is not, uh, It is not, generally speaking, unruly.
4: That ain't a riot, what we're seeing right now in Minneapolis. They are strictly principled anti-fascists. And they've taken a principled stand to stand against white supremacists and white nationalists wherever they may show up.
1: I argue to you tonight, all punches
2: are not equal Morally. It
1: trained. says it right in the name, Antifa, anti-fascism, which is what they were there um, fighting. Listen, there's, you know, no organization is perfect. There was some violence. I
2: mean, any reasonable person would say we shouldn't be destroying other people's property, but these are not reasonable times. But
3: thank goodness for the looters, man. And please show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite. And peaceful.
5: I don't care that much about statues. Shouldn't that, be done
3: by a, shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night, throwing I it into the harbor? People will
5: do what they do. What
3: you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Do not get it twisted and think that, oh,
2: this is some something that has not never happened before. And then this is so terrible. And where are we and these savages and all of that? This is how this country was started.
1: This is how this country was started by people lighting small businesses on fire and throwing rocks and bricks and bags of urine at police officers because of the history of racism in this country or something. They're not even really sure why they do it. Those were multimillionaire news anchors of the left on national cable channels sounding like complete morons. But that was absolutely in line with what the Democrat Party feeling and all that was too. So, yes, I know they're in no position to morally lecture us about political violence if they're not going to call it out when it is happening, not only on their side. Sometimes it happens with far greater frequency. But here we are now. They're going to use this. They're going to weaponize this incident against all of us. A thousand, let's say, Trump supporters run into the Capitol and of that Maybe hundreds, maybe a few dozen were truly violent attacking cops, maybe, and, and one of them, it seems, killed a police officer. We, gotta, we draw the hardest of red lines possible on that one. And now the entire movement has to carry this for the next four years because of the way the media is going to frame all of this. That's what, that's what we now face, and we have to fight back against this. And they're coming for us, friends, in all the cancel culture ways they can. That's happening. Thanks for listening to the Bus
0: Sex and Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcast, the iHeart Radio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: A little over an hour and a half after the chaos started, I got a text from my granddaughter, Finnegan Biden, who's a senior in her last semester at the University of Pennsylvania. She sent me a photo of military people in full military gear, scores of them lining the steps of the Lincoln Memorial because of protests by Black Lives Matter. She said, Pop, this isn't fair. No one can tell me that if had been a group of Black Lives Matter protesting yesterday, there wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been treated very, very differently than the mob of thugs that stormed the Capitol. Well, we all know that's true, and it is unacceptable, totally unacceptable.
1: I just want to know something. Uh, why are they going to continue to do this and say things that are just uh, inciting now in the other direction and that are hateful and divisive? When anyone who's paying attention and being honest about this would say the the really gentle treatment that the protesters received, I think there were almost 50 arrests. A woman was shot in the neck who posed no imminent threat to anybody, from what you can see in the video, she was killed by police. How many times have police opened fire with live rounds on Black Lives Matter protesters of the hundreds and hundreds of riots across the country in 2020? I'm not aware of a single time, but we're going to, we're going to now take this position that there's some big difference where the, where the police, what is it, is because the police are racist now? including the large percentage of a lot of major departments like the NYPD in New York, where I worked, that are minority, that have a lot of great public servants, great, honorable black and Latino men and women in that uniform as well. We back the blue. There are some things, my friends, there are some things that we say and we have to mean. All right, we stand beside our law enforcement brothers and sisters as when they're in the legal furtherance of their duties and they were they were and uh, that's we we always need to have that as a as a foundation of our analysis about incidents like this you know we're not taking the anti-cop oh the cops are all racist position that's what Joe Biden's doing here that's really what you're supposed to take away from this It, it would all be so different because what Black Lives Matter protesters were treated so so badly there were there were hundreds of protests across the country where there was no where there was not violence that is true there were blm protests where there wasn't violence there wasn't destruction of property i saw protests right here in times square uh, where that was the case and the police were there and they were completely professional and even cordial and that's what we can expect they're there to help with crowd control and just make sure that everyone's safe and the First Amendment rights are respected. They don't bother anybody. They're just there because you have a large crowd gathered in a busy city. And there's, you know, you got to make sure you're not blocking traffic and that everything is kept orderly. When they start burning down buildings and trying to destroy a federal courthouse and light a police precinct on fire and throw bottles of urine and Molotov cocktails and all this stuff at law enforcement officers. Yeah, then they're going to have to get tear gassed, they're going to have to get arrested and tackled to the ground and flex cuff because that's anarchy and we are supposed to still be a country of laws. We are supposed to be one that still cares about that. Why Why do this now? Why set up this, uh, this dichotomy of law enforcement treatment of the Trump Capitol Hill protesters versus law enforcement uh, treatment of BLM do they do they really think what I mean I think that the the Trump uh, the Trump rioters in this case or the pro-Trump rioters I should say uh, they the problem for law enforcement was that they had an expectation that this would be like pretty much every other you know right of center rally that you've seen of any size of any consequence stretching back to the tea party where people were Law abiding, peaceful, protesting, you know, that 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 was their expectation. That was my expectation. So I feel at some level like like I, I was fooled on this. Well, what do you what do you mean? You're, you're going to go do this at the Capitol. Yeah. March in D.C. I was calling friends of mine who were in the march. How's it going? Oh, it's you know, it's great. We're just, you know, trying to tell everybody we're not going to back this and we're going to. You know, we want answers and we want the lockdowns to end. There were a lot of things there. It was a protest. It was people having their voices heard, gathered together with like-minded people. And then there was what happened on Capitol Hill, which was a different thing, a different thing. I, I wonder if the people who, as soon as I, and I condemned it as soon as I saw it because I knew what was happening was wrong. And I don't care. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter how many Twitter followers I lose. doesn't matter how many people say, Buck, I'm, I'm going to, you know, "I'm, I'm what, who are they going to go? Li- they're going to go listen to who? Right. I mean, they're going to who, who out there of any consequence of any intellectual honesty whatsoever is saying, yeah, you know what? That old Capitol Hill riot, that uh, that was really sound thinking. I, I'm waiting to hear the name. So I, I understand there's a lot of anger and outrage here, but I'm a part of this family known as conservatism in America today. I, I'm inside the family, so I'm going to speak to people who are also a part of it as though they're family members, as though we have this commonality, we have this bond, and we do. And that means speaking the truth about it. And, yes, I'm going to call out Biden and Harris and the pandering, and it, is, it enrages me, it enrages me when I have to sit around and hear that, oh, BLM would have been treated so much more poorly. A woman was shot in the neck and killed by the cops. BLM would have been treated so much more poorly? Really? Uh, BLM got away with so much. I mean, there were district attorneys who were saying that they weren't going to prosecute them for a whole slew of offenses, weren't going to prosecute them. What do you think that does to law enforcement's ability to actually keep order? It's it's honestly, it's so disappointing and so disgusting. I'm going to tell you this as an American. I wish... That the Biden administration coming in, I wish that Joe Biden really was going to be this grandfatherly figure who says, everybody, you know what? We're we're all going to just remember what it is that makes us makes us American. And we're going to we're going to operate in good faith. We're going to try to convince each other of the rightness of our ideas. We're going to base things on facts. We're going to base things on logic. Uh, We're going to respect the Constitution. I, I would love that. I would love it. We all know that's not going to happen. We all know that at the center of the Democrat left these days are not just bad ideas, but falsehoods, I mean lies. A baby in the womb isn't a baby. There are more than two genders. There, I mean, going go on the list, socialism is a great idea. <laughs> you get on the list of all these things, you say, what are they doing? Their authoritarian impulse. Their uh, their nastiness toward anybody who does not mouth the preferred slogans, who does not go along with the left wing orthodoxy, their desire for total control, control over your life, making you do things they themselves won't do, but they like being able to make you do it. And they think that they're good people for that imposition on you. That's that's not changing. We are heading toward that. You know we are heading toward a Biden administration that's going to say, you know what, if you're accused of a sexual assault on a college campus, remember this, Betsy DeVos, I know she just resigned. If you're accused of a sexual assault on a college campus, you have no rights because you're male and the patriarchy. And sorry, hashtag Campus Me Too, your life is ruined now because a woman would never lie about these things, and you have no rights of due process in these Title IX proceedings. Right? I mean, this is you said you go through all this. That's just wrong. That's immoral. What they're doing is wrong, and they will advocate for that. They will, they will continue to push for things like that. We saw who the left really is during the Kavanaugh hearings, of which Kamala Harris was one of the worst offenders. They will destroy a good person. They will do it publicly. They will ruin not only his professional life, his, his family, his reputation. They will skewer him on national TV for nothing other than power. And they think that they're the good guys because of it. That's not changing. And that's why I'm so concerned about the purge, as I see it, that will be coming. Uh, You're going to see a lot of cancellations. You're going to see more and more deplatforming. People keep saying, oh, the social media stuff's going to blow over. No, it's not. They have more control. Why, Why would they give it up? What did I tell you about lockdowns and Democrats? Remember, the theory in the beginning of the summer of 2020 was that, oh, once the once the Democrats are in charge, the lockdown call, they'll, they'll call for lockdowns to end. That's not true. I told you they like this control. They like this power. They think that they're in the right by making you do things that they themselves, of course, don't want to do and won't do. Right? You have to live by rules that they don't. And that's one of the centerpieces of Democrat thinking and the way the left approaches things. So that get, get ready for a whole lot more of that. But on the social media side, which for those who work in media is this is now like the printing presses of the 16th, uh, sixteenth and 1700s. I mean, this is how we get information out there. Just clamping down on it. Only only the uh, the allowed orthodoxy of the left will be shared on social media. They will. Sh- if you try anything else, they will shut you down. They're gonna turn around. Remember, a few years ago, it was what that guy Milo and Alex Jones. You know, it was those 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 kinds of people who were getting canceled and deplatformed. And some people were saying, "This is a this is just a harbinger of things to come. This is going to get worse. They're going to come after everybody." But that that see that's based upon a principle, right? That's based upon people should have free speech. And even if someone has really bad ideas. The left doesn't operate in good faith with this. They they love to find something, take it out of context and try to ruin you for it. They know people on the right don't mean the things that they will often say they meant or or they will they will, you know, pick one word or one tweet or one statement. Say, see, this person's a racist or see, this person is a, you know, is a defender of a rapist like Kavanaugh or whatever. They'll say crazy stuff. And even if they know it's not true they view it as just racking up more wins against the right. They do not operate from a place of principle, they operate from a place of the desire for power. And that means that the Josh Hawley book cancellation, I know Josh Hawley's a famous guy and he's a senator and you know he's going to be okay. But you're going to see a lot more of that. You're going to see a lot more of that. The 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 pendulum is swinging back to the other side and you have an emboldened, sanctimonious, vengeful left that is going to be in an even stronger position to take this out on their enemies. And the the only upside of this, as I've said, is that it will bring us together on the right of American politics. More conservatives will be uh, will be forced to say, "Okay, this is crazy. This is out of hand. What are they doing? And there will be an opposition that forms over this. I don't know how much of a part of it Trump will be. I don't know how much a part of it anyone in his family is going to be. This is we are in a real sea change moment here in American politics. So what do we have? We stick to our principles and each other. And, you know, who is a person of character and decency and support them. Hopefully you think that's true of this show and what we do here. But that that's the only real advice I can give you for this moment in politics. Stick to your own character and decency and find other people that share that because there's a, a lot of there's a scrambling for the lifeboats going on right now in American politics. And it's going to get ugly. And it's true in media, too. It's true in the media. Now, now, all of a sudden, you'll see who really li- who really likes the, the Trump people and who was just kind of faking it all along.
0: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast.
3: What we saw yesterday was a group of violent rioters undermining the legitimate First Amendment rights of the many thousands who came to peacefully have their voices heard in our nation's capital. Those who violently besieged our capital are the opposite of everything this administration stands for. The core value of our administration is the idea that all citizens have the right to live in safety, peace and freedom. Those who are working in this building are working to ensure an orderly transition of power. Now it is time for America to unite, to come together, to reject the violence that we have seen. We are one American people under God.
1: Media is not going to accept any of this, right? That was White House Press Secretary they're all saying it's too little too late they don't, they don't care that there's a a tone from this white house of uh, of concili- a conciliatory outreach nope they want him gone they actually want him to be removed from office at this stage that's something they've wanted for 4 years and it was absurd it was laughable until this moment but there are people in this administration, and I've heard from people in the White House who will confirm, who have confirmed this to me off the record. There are very prominent people who they uh, they will no longer stand with Trump. That is that is a reality. Um, that is what is going on right now, and it's a shame. I mean, it is a terrible idea to remove the president at this stage because he's going in two weeks. We all know it. I've known it for you know what well, how. I can't even do the math in my head, but weeks and weeks and weeks. This is just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And I think I've said that exact phrase, just not going to happen many times on the show. Here's Pelosi calling for the removal of the president using the 25th Amendment. Play 12.
5: I don't know if the word good is a way to describe it, but because yesterday the president of the United States incited an armed insurrection against America. The gleeful desecration of the U.S. Capitol, which is the temple of our American democracy, and the violence targeting Congress are horrors that will forever stain our nation's history, instigated by the President of the United States. That's why it's a such a stain. In calling for this seditious act, President has committed an unspeakable assault on our nation, and our people. I join the Senate Democratic leader in calling on the vice president to remove this president by immediately invoking the 25th Amendment. If the vice president and the cabinet do not act, the Congress may be prepared to move forward with impeachment. That is the overwhelming sentiment of my caucus.
1: They're looking to remove him. They're going to keep the pressure on. I don't think this is going to happen, and I think it's a very bad idea for them to do it. Can't guarantee you it's not going to happen. Thanks for listening to the Bus Sex and
0: Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app or
1: wherever you get your podcasts. They're not going to let them go quietly. Will they get their way? President Trump under a lot of pressure right now from those who are demanding his resignation or saying that he will be removed by the 25th Amendment. What is going on here? Our friend Kurt Schlichter is with us now. He is a retired Army colonel and senior columnist at townhall.com. Kurt, good of you to join.
3: <laughs> they, they think they're going to pry Donald Trump out of there without, uh, uh, you know, him, him digging his claws in and leaving a long, uh, a, a long trail, a long furrow. Come on. He's not going anywhere. There's uh, not going to be any 25th Amendment. There's not going to be any impeachment. It's simply not going to happen. It's silly, it's performance art, and it's more of the same. You know, Buck, we're at a a juncture where it's time to turn the heat down. It's time to really unify. And when I say unify, I don't mean uh, all you knuckle-dragging Jesus gun lovers give in and submit. What I mean is everybody agree, hey, we're going to go back to a civil society. Everyone's going to have the right to speak. Everyone's going to have the right to participate. Everyone's going to have their vote counted. This is exactly the opposite of that. This is attempting to negate the will of the people from 2016, which they've been doing for four years and which brought us to this situation. It's stupid. It's immature. Unfortunately, it's not going to work.
1: Pelosi, according to Reuters, says she spoke to... Uh, the chairman of the joint chiefs of staff to initiate precautions for preventing Trump from initiating a nuclear strike. I am serious.
3: <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, if there's anything Trump's for it's starting wars. I mean, didn't didn't he run on a platform of, I start a bunch of idiotic new wars and I guess, I guess a, uh, a nuclear exchange would be at the top of the cake, you know, there, there, there are precautions against insane presidents in place already. Just saying. But, you know, again, it's performance art. I mean, who's the person out there who thinks Trump's going to go, OK, I'm going to order him to fire the nukes, which they'll do. And I'm going to kill myself and my entire family, who I love and all my people, because I'm not going to be president after two weeks.
1: I feel like this is, is a this sound, is a reminder. I
3: mean, maybe Lynn
2: Wood would buy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Lynn Wood is crazy. And uh, but I just was going to say this is a reminder of what we saw for four years, where even even when Trump made a mistake, went too far, did something I don't agree with. It was never the case that the Democrats could just be reasonable in the criticism of it. You know, it was it wasn't that, you know, his uh, some of his White House advisor picks, for example, were just really, really bad. And they were, I think. I haven't asked you this, but I'm assuming you would see see it the same way. There were some really bad choices in the administration. Um, it was that those bad choices indicate that he is not of sound mind and he should be removed with the 25th Amendment. Right. I mean, it was never it's never just criticism of what Trump does. It's he's basically Hitler. He's going to start a nuclear war. He's a monster. This is the mentality they have. And I just wonder how we're supposed to react to this now that Trump won't be in office. I don't think the Democrats, I mean, to your point about about calls for unity or, or a place for for unity now in this country, I don't think Democrats are going to dial all of that rage down. I, I don't see that happening.
3: No, I think, you know, I, if I was that kind of person, I might actually pity them, Buck, because now they're not going to have Donald Trump to kick around anymore. They're going to have to be responsible for their own actions and for the results you know, they, they've got the Congress, they've got the presidency, it's on them. Now, they won't do that, and their media guys won't do that. They won't they won't accept responsibility. They still attempt to shift it off, but it will become increasingly obvious to normal people who don't do politics 24-7 that this is just a joke.
1: Kurt, tell me this. What happens next? Where do you think we yep. go? I mean, that's really, you know, the, the media, I think it'll be fascinating to watch the transition from all out opposition to Trump to all out cheerleader squad for Biden. I mean, that's that is obvious. Right. So everybody's saying, what are they going to talk about now that Trump's not in office? They're going to talk about what a genius Joe Biden is and how amazing Kamala Harris is all day long, all the time. That's what's going to happen. I, I don't think that's particularly complicated.
3: Well, well you know, Joe, Joe Biden is to to genius what the uh, media cheerleaders are to hot cheerleaders, the exact opposite um here's what i'm worried about our, our our ruling class is uniquely stupid and incompetent and greedy and unbelievably arrogant without any justification this is a decision point where you can make good decisions that turn down the temperature and get us back to a civil society or You can make the stupidest possible decision and throw a can of gasoline on a fire that's already burning because you lit it. And I, unfortunately, I I think they're going to do worse. I think they're going to attempt to uh, oppress, silence, and disenfranchise the 75 million Americans who vote for Donald Trump. We've already seen it. Uh, Everything from Steinman and Schuster uh, canceling Josh Hawley's contract to the promiscuous use of words like sedition and treason... Um, to the idea that they're going to break the filibuster and just do whatever they want. Uh, I mean, there are so many stupid choices they can make, and sadly, we can count on our establishment to make the bad ones every time.
1: Speaking of Kurt Schlichter, he is a senior columnist at townhall.com, retired Army colonel, and a a lawyer. Asking for your your lawyer expertise for a moment here, Kurt, Uh, the... Well, let's just really be honest with this audience right now. There were people who were who were not telling the truth about what they had when it came to the crack in the results of the election getting turned uh, in the opposite direction. I mean, this there there were frauds involved here. We, we I think we have to look at that now and be honest about that.
3: Well, look, there there were a lot of uh, charlatans leading good people on, giving them false hope. Look, I went and worked for the president in Nevada. I saw the fraud. I saw the irregularities. I saw the incompetence. Um, so I, I am not a believer that this is some sort of uh, squeaky clean election, and all the Pollyanna, as you say it is are lying to you. That being said how do you address it? You address it through the procedures we have. Unfortunately, procedures we have are not designed for the kind of shenanigans that we saw. And you could see very quickly, this was going to end with uh, Joe Biden being inaugurated. Doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it okay. But that was how it was going to end. Instead, you had a uh, uh, people refusing to accept the reality of things. And it doesn't mean, there's oh, you're submitting, you're giving in. No, I am a military guy. I'm a lawyer. I assess the situation as I see it so I can better deal with the facts. And now we have a bunch of people standing around who were uh, praying for the Kraken. You know, Buck, on, on, uh, on social media, there's a few people going, well, you know, Trump's now maneuvered them right where he wants them. No, he hasn't. That hasn't happened. And frankly, Trump's uh, performance over the last two months uh, is uh, uh, subpar. He's made a lot of big errors. And I'm a big Trump supporter, but I got, got to tell you, I got to tell people the truth. He has screwed some of this stuff up.
1: And I got to I gotta and, say, in, in addition is, to that, we really, there is a lesson here, and, and it's one that I've had a lot of frustration about over the years, criticizing a politician in elected office from their own side in good faith does not make you weak. It doesn't make you a waffler. It doesn't make you it's necessary for the best possible administration and the execution of the ideas and the policies that we, the people voted for there. There was there was a on our side. There was a suppression. If you if you said, I don't like this, you know, I'll tell you, I got this one. I got furious pushback from people because I've been saying for years, nepotism in this White House is a you can't do that. You cannot have your children as the most senior advisors in the White House determining who you see and who you talk to. But there are a lot of people that wanted more time in this White House that wanted more access and they wouldn't say a darn word about it. And then people in the audience, some of them were saying to me, well, Buck, those are the only people he can trust. Um. Really? Because I think he trusted well, Mike Pence for four years, true. and I think I think Mike Pence was loyal to him.
3: Yes, he was, and he was treated shamefully. The way that Trump t- treated him was was awful. I don't like saying that. Look, I, I I am a Trump supporter. I think he was a great president overall. But we've got, and we, and you're absolutely right. We have to distinguish between the bad faith criticism of the Dana Goldbergs. Uh, who were simply mad because they were kicked out of power based on their own incompetence and and, and failure to perform over decades, uh, with people like us who are like, hey, we we like what you're doing. He, he could have handled this election aftermath much better while still preserving the questions uh, that that are, are legitimate about the election, which need to be looked into. But he is now uh, because of his actions, uh, we. You know, we, you know, the, the other side has been empowered to make any questioning of the massive shenanigans involved in the election. You know, they are treasonous in in the eyes of, well, stupid people. But unfortunately, a lot of people are stupid.
1: Her, um, you know, you, you so said you're, I, I, you're I in.
3: You're right. I think we need to.
1: He, he, I'm sorry. We have a little bit of a delay, stupid. so I don't, I don't mean to step on you. Uh, but but I just was going to say we have oh, we have, I'm sorry. We have um, Nevada. You, you talked about you were in Nevada looking at these results. Yep. And. I talked to Matt Schlapp. He's a friend. He was in Nevada as well. Yep. He said he saw bad stuff. So I've got people that yep. I know are squared away and, and understand what's what. They're telling me that there were clear problems. Let, let, just looking at Nevada for a second. I mean, Sean Parnell is also a good friend. He says there are clear problems in Pennsylvania. Why couldn't yep. we get one just, you know, all we needed? If, if someone showed me a thousand double votes, let's say. Right. And maybe they weren't even malicious, but just a thousand double votes, meaning somebody, you know, they voted here and then they voted in the other state and they didn't know. Or I mean, you're supposed to know that. But you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe it was just um, the, I,
3: I, I know, the, there's the, you know, answer.
1: The, the 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 problems, the the irregularities, the word I'm looking for, we'd expect. Why couldn't we have that in clear, clear as day, obvious? This is what it is in a court. Why didn't that happen?
3: There are a couple reasons. First of all, our judicial system is not designed and does not have the temperament to uh, address election fraud after an election. Let's start from the beginning. We were not prepared. The Democrats went to all these venues, passed law, uh, got uh, uh, changed the rules essentially, and not through the legislature. Um, much of that was unconstitutional. We didn't push back. We didn't have our own campaign to ensure electoral fairness. When, uh, when I got to Nevada, there was one lawyer on the ground from the RNC. One. Great guy. It was a good team. We did some good work. But it, it, it just wasn't enough. Now, as for the courts themselves, again, they're not designed to overturn elections. And they're by temperament they don't want to. To win this, we would have had to convince three judges to pick the winner of an election. That is that that's almost never going to happen. It's almost never going to happen once. Our judicial system, our entire system, is designed to assume that our elections are you know uh, uh, fair beyond the margins. That is, there may be a little bit of fraud, but it's not going to change anything. So when you have a massive multi-pronged assault, both by changing rules and by a, a media that uh, uh, performs as a propaganda arm. We the, the, the system's simply not designed to do that. You you know, if I had a fraud case buck, I would spend two or three years in discovery. I'd take a thousand depositions, you know, a bunch of not a bunch of depositions, I'd have plenty of time to do it. We'd write motions back and forth, we would work it up. You've got weeks. You've got weeks to do it, and you gotta start from ground zero. And 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 you know, fraud's hard to prove. How how do you prove okay, you have a thousand double votes? That's great. Who'd they vote for? Well, obviously they voted for Biden. Well, is it, is it obvious? Can you tell me that for sure? You have no information? You just know there were double votes. You can't just assume, you know, our system's not designed. our judicial system is not designed for the kind of electoral problems that we saw. So I mean, while well, well, you've got to address them, and you've got to uh, try and make your case. The, the procedural things including standing and timing latches we've all learned the word latches lately uh, haven't used it since my bar exam but um it, it, it's just not designed to handle I get latch. it I get it it, I, it, it just it it's well. very
1: frust- it's very frustrating and and it is you know you add all this together and I understand it, why there's so much there's so much anger out there about just the whole. The whole oh, thing. Yeah. The whole thing just stinks. <laughs> anyway, Kurt, okay. I appreciate you. I appreciate you joining you to share some expertise. Um, thanks so much. Columnist, senior columnist, townhall.com and uh, veteran Kurt Schlichter. Kurt, we'll have you back soon.
3: Good. I, I look forward to it.
1: Thank you.
0: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast.
5: I just wanted to say that I do think that we should salute Governor Romney senator romney who has been in the forefront of this has voted to impeach him and yesterday he said let me see if i have a quote here um he demands that his colleagues tell the, tr- the truth to tr- about trump and mm-hmm. to trump supporters who have been lied to consistently and then i and i have always said from the very beginning that the lying is the biggest problem because look at where it has brought mm-hmm. these people and one more thing right. How is that going to happen? Because you have somebody like Matt Gates saying that in what it was mm-hmm. Antifa people dressed as protesters, this is never going to get right. settled. They are the biggest liars. They have right. these people, I guess, have to be taken down. Right. And 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 the right. and the media well, on the well, right Jay, also has to be so, yeah. sanctioned.
1: Sanctioned. You catch that one of the Joy Bezos very
5: upset cuz you know
1: does she ever apologize for Russiagate lies for four years? No, of course not. The president was a traitor. He was treason. Throw him in prison. Special counsel. That's all. That's all supposed to be just forgotten about. But she wants sanctions on. Right. She's in the media. There was a time. I, I want to remind everybody of this. There was a time not that long ago when people who made a living based on the legal and cultural protections of the First Amendment believed in the First Amendment there was a time now it wasn't all of them, but there, there were a fair number of people who were, you know, very uh, the, the First Amendment was something that they would actually go to bat for. Now, they, they view the First Amendment as an inconvenience. They feel like they are in charge. They get to dictate. They get to be the ones who tell you how it is and what you're going to do. And it's not good. It's not good. You know, Trump never had this. Let's just remember that Trump had 95 percent of journalists opposed to him from day one. He had a vast majority of federal bureaucrats across the entire civil service opposed to him from day one. He never had the kind of institutional support that would be necessary to have a real authoritarian regime. You know who will have that kind of support based on what we're seeing? The Biden administration. Does anybody really think that Joe Biden, who no one's even really clear on what he stands for other than just being in office for a really long time, is anything that Joe Biden's going to stand athwart the most destructive impulses of the left? Or is he just going to give a kind of a more palatable version of what they're doing so that he provides cover for their most aggressive and destructive actions? I think you and I both know that one, but they want sanctions. They want to shut it down. They're coming after us, folks. They're coming after those of us who make a living on in conservative media. That is for sure. Thanks for listening to the Bus Sex and Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple podcast, the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. What should we all make of this moment in American politics for an outside the box view? We have my friend Michael Malice with us now. He's the host of Your are Welcome with Michael Malice. Here he is, Michael. We are, we are all girding our loins and preparing for what analytic bombs you plan to drop here. What, what, what yeah. is happening right now in America as you see it?
6: It is a, it's, you know, this is what Reagan was talking about. It is morning in America. It is a beautiful day because whenever you have the state and the ruling caste demonstrate its weakness, This is a very, very healthy thing. You can listen to corporate media all day long. They will never be able to persuade you that a government, which can be kind of taken over by someone from Burning Man, who goes up to the speaker's desk and just drops his genital on her table and flexes for the cameras, that this is an empire in its prime.
1: So you think that what we're seeing is a recognition of American decline because of the the downfall of opinion around the elites. American, is that fair?
6: No, no. Government decline. Government America, decline. America is healthy insofar as the government is weak. Uh, I love, uh, I hate this government because I love my country. And for a year now, these despicable, depraved, degenerate class of people who should be in Gitmo as a compromise have been making it illegal to earn a living and to leave your home while they sip and laugh on champagne. So yes, anything that shows that the emperor has no clothes, an emperor as a word I use very specifically, is enormously useful because that demonstrates they do not have the will to back up their edicts. What happens now could get very, very ugly, but what we've been going through has been uglier still.
1: What do you think? I mean, I, I agree with you on the lockdowns, and, and I think one part of the conversation that that hasn't really gotten nearly enough attention in, in the last few days, even was how many people that were, were in D.C. for the march, not the riot, but for the march uh, were outraged about th- that we've we've been in a truly people always overuse the term Orwellian. And, and I know it it becomes such a cliche and it's overused. But when you can't go into an elevator without being told where to place your feet in literally place your feet in the elevator because there's little foot pads and if you don't do that, you're supposed to be a reckless or a bad person. We have entered a crazy town world of morons running every aspect of our lives while they don't actually do any of this stuff themselves. People are rightly very angry about this. And, and no one can look at what's happening in California and other places across the country and think that the, the trade off that these elites insisted on, we didn't even get a choice in this, was don't worry, we'll keep you safe. Just let us tell you what you have to do. Let us make you do all these idiotic things all the time. You know, mask up between bites didn't save us. I think people are recognizing this now. Two weeks to,
6: two weeks to flatten the curve. Remember? Yeah. Two weeks. This is just going to be two weeks, and then it's all going to go away. Um, I wouldn't call it a riot, even. A riot, we've all seen. If, you, if, I, if I'm playing Pictionary with you, and I want to draw the word as a riot, burning cars, you know, fires. Cars tipped over, people screaming. The Dasani bottle in the speaker's office wasn't even knocked over. Uh, this was a tour, a, a, a private tour. This is the one time the government had a no-knock raid, and the only people who were uh, there, there no. There was a Capitol killed. Hill. Was uh, there was a
1: Capitol Hill police officer who was killed. Apparently, hit over the head with a with an extinguisher.
6: And a girl was murdered. A veteran was murdered by the police for which I'm sure this she's going to have no consequences because they can kill with impunity. I, I think there um, won't be consequences. And is, I
1: got to tell you, I just just to, just real quick, Mike, uh, the I, I've spoken to some people that I know in for, in law enforcement and former law enforcement who are very much not. You wouldn't agree with them on use of force, I think, generally. Even they say, why was this woman shot in the neck? What what's the justification for shooting? I mean, yeah, it was an unruly crowd. Could you just open fire and shoot everybody who was at that door? If not, why not? I, I don't I don't understand how this was a good shoot, as they say in law enforcement.
6: Yeah, I mean, it, uh, uh, we're not going to get into the cops because that's going to be a whole other sidebar. Um, but here's the other thing. The, the left was told for a very long time that Donald Trump is the head vampire, like in a movie. And when you destroy the head vampire, all the underling vampires dissolve into dust and the sun rises. And it's, you know, it's the the dawn. Um, Joe Biden is not going to be able to stop this. Donald Trump was barely able to stop this. For I've said this before. They thought he was the river, but in fact, he was the dam. Because for a large segment of the population, tens of millions, uh, he gave them hope that they would have some sort of representation in, in Washington and their voice would be heard. Now that that has been extinguished, and now that they are being marginalized systemically by the corporate press and by the D.C. establishment, they are not going to be quiet and go home they are going to get more and more angry they have very little to lose as their businesses are being destroyed and when and historically the left has understand this understood this when you marginalize a community and give them nothing to hope for they're not going to just start playing parcheesi they're going to get aggressive they're going to get violent especially young males and it's going to get very ugly very soon and i mean like um like rosa delauro ugly
1: um rose please explain rosa delauro what what is that
6: Oh, she's the congresswoman for Connecticut. Google her. She's uh, looks like she should be in Java's hut. Oh,
1: um, so we're speaking to Michael Malice, who is the host of your welcome with with Michael Malice. And and Mike, I, I also I have a feeling and we're seeing the early stages of this. They're, they're lying to us. Right. We know that there's a lot of lying that goes on. And I'm very angry with the people who are telling everyone, oh, don't worry. You know, the Kraken is coming. We're about we've got any moment now we're going to unleash. And there were some some big names that were far too uh, willing to pretend that any any second now they're going to overturn the results of the election. It was not happening. Okay, we lost the as soon as the press, as you say, the corporate press, which I actually think you're right in that terminology. uh, As soon as the corporate press called it for Biden, it was effectively going to be over. I mean, barring some Especially
6: because there's no will within the Republican Party to fight them. That was the issue. The Republican Party weren't going to go to bat for Trump because Mitch McConnell is perfectly happy working with Joe Biden, as he has for decades.
1: So what would they what would what would be going to bat for Trump under the circumstances within the system? I, I know you're an anarchist and you're open about that. But if we are going to work within sure. the system, just take take that as a given for the purposes of our conversation. What would you have liked to have seen them do?
6: Uh, you would say that we what did the Democrats do in the media for the last four years about Russia? Uh, insist that the election is not certified, uh, fight it every step of the way, have hearings, have crowds, you know, rile up the Republican base. That would be what fighting, even if I, I agree with you that they lost. But what I'm saying is if they wanted to go to bat for Trump um, and for these people who feel disenfranchised, this is what they should have done. And as an anarchist, I don't regard any vote or any election as legitimate anyway. So yeah, it's absolutely would be a, a, um, a disingenuous, but. At just as disingenuous as democracy is inherently.
1: So, can you explain that? I'm actually just curious. I always find your your philosophy interesting because you know you you say things that you just don't hear from other people in the media who actually you know are are out there and, and talking about these issues. Democracy is problematic for you, and I, I, I'm really asking. I'm actually just curious. What do you mean by democracy? That's saying
6: problematic. It should be strangled in the crib. Um, The the idea that I can't be governed by who I want, that I have to be governed by someone whose views I despise, who does not represent me or my culture, is something so nonsensical that the only reason we accept it as a hypothetical is because we've been trained to the contrary since kindergarten. If I despise Donald Trump and I think he's a white supremacist and I think he's implementing fascism in America, why am I supposed to regard him as my president? Same with if I think Joe Biden is a tool of China and he's a corrupt swamp demon, uh, this guy doesn't speak for me. Why does it? Just, why? Because people who are my neighbors like him. Who cares? Uh, they don't get to choose my doctor. They don't get to choose my lawyer. They don't get to choose where I eat a restaurant. So it makes no sense that they're going to determine uh, under whose jurisdiction I'm going to fall under. So what just we? We're what could we
1: replace? Promised. What could we replace that aspect of the system with?
6: You. That's why you destroy that system because politics is something that is not defensible morally, and that's where anarchism comes in. There's no reason for the government to have a monopoly on security. For the same reasons, there's no reason to, for the government to have a monopoly on healthcare. So every argument against socialized healthcare is an argument against socialized security systems.
1: And I was, I was also gonna add I, I, that was just an inter- I just wanted to know, Michael, and that's uh, interesting. You know, you won't hear from a, a lot of of anarchists in the media, my friends. So Michael is one of the few. And I think it's... Well,
6: that's by design. So, Noam Chomsky, who's also an anarchist, but a left anarchist, he made the point that the the way that people establish control to allow healthy debate, but within very delineated specific terms. So if it goes between two and three, and yes, there's infinite numbers between two and three, 2.1, 2.8, whatever, but four and one are never on the table and never discussed as something to uh, uh, be regarded as realistic, and then you can strictly maintain the future of the country, that, that which is falling me, away thanks to social
1: media. That I was going to say, that brings me back to what I was going to ask you, which is I, I believe, so I, I was early on in saying to people, that the lockdowns uh, are not going to go away with Biden. They will actually and also all these Democrats in states like New York and California, they will double down. And as they have more power, they'll want even more power on top of that, because this suits their philosophy of who they are and what they should be able to do and tell people to do. And they like the power. People in power like even more of it. It's almost always the case. Yes. And and what we see with the social media companies and the suppression an open suppression campaign of wrong think uh, to borrow another term for Orwell uh, they're going to do more of this, not less now that they think that the yes. the corporate approved candidate is in office. This is not going to get better now. I think this is going to get worse.
6: Yes. And I think we have a model to choose from. And that is a, a prohibition. Uh, prohibition stopped when there was disapproval of it but it also stopped because people started getting violent if you look at a chart uh and this was horrible uh the number of police officers who were killed went up and up and up and then prohibition ends and it goes back down again so at some point we're already seeing in scotland we saw it in canada i don't know if this reached the mainstream um desk but you could see it on social media police officers started raiding people's homes And I don't mean like someone who's a drug dealer or, you know, running some kind of cockfighting ring. I mean, elderly people in their homes, they're knocking down, breaking down the door and coming in. Um, At a certain point, they're going to do that to the wrong person and things are going to start uh, popping off in a very, very bad way. And this is something that uh, you would think people in power would understand. But since they're not the ones who are in danger, they have no problem putting police officers in harm's way. It's going to get very, very ugly.
1: I have some very I have some very smart friends, um, you know, just just very bright people who are good people. And they're asking me questions, expressing what they view as very real concerns like, I mean, they think they're going to you mentioned and I've seen the video in Canada. It's particularly horrific. I mean, they're 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 sending in police to drag people out of private homes for the crime of being with their family members in a private home against the will of the state. It's it's appalling. And if we had an honest media that wasn't a bunch of 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 hacks for uh, the Democrat Party, they would make a much bigger deal of this. I have people in this country asking me things like, Do you think they're going to come after they're going to go uh, and they're going to start with probably assault rifles, but they'll go down from there or, you know, whatever, semi-automatic rifles that have cosmetic features they define as assault rifles? They're going to go house to house and take people's guns. I say I don't I hope that doesn't happen. I I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Can I tell them it won't happen?
6: Oh, I mean, people need to realize this is the anarchist perspective. The government will take as much power as it is able to get away with. It's not going to be stopped by petitions or Facebook updates. It's going to stop when people, when the state and its enforcers realize if we continue doing this, we are going to suffer personal consequences for what we're doing. And I think that is the point where people are reaching already. And I think that's a very, very, I, w- I, w- I had this tweet. I was going to say they're playing with fire, but they did all, all summer and spring, literally uh, sat on their hands while cities burned and then told everyone they're the, this is the voice of the unheard. And too bad you have insurance, even though your business you've built for 40 years has burned down in flames overnight.
1: Michael Malice, everybody, you're right with Michael Malice or yes, um, you're welcome. Sorry. You're welcome with Michael Malice. I'm right. He's welcome. You're welcome, Michael. Thanks so much for joining us, man. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks, Buck. Always a pleasure. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast.
4: giving me a bear hug that guy i call him my hero because that guy picked me up was whispering in my ear telling me going you're okay i got you i have your phone you're okay i'm gonna get you out of here these people are trying to kill you these people are trying to kill you all i could hear him was just him going calm down don't move it's okay these people are trying to kill you we have to get you out of here we have to get you out of here like and then he's just moving around with me and at this point i can't see anything because my whole face is literally, my whole face is burning. Like an immense sensation all in my face. My eyes feel like they're going to fall out of my socket. Like I have pepper and my eyes burning and I'm trying to open my eyes and I can't. I can't see anything, my eyes is just shut closed and there's a gentleman just holding on to me. I didn't even know who was holding on to me until I saw the pictures. The gentleman was there to help. And um I hope he's not in any danger and they're not gonna try to backfire at him because he had helped me or anything like that. Or I, I truly hope not. So I hope he's okay and for anyone who's seen the pictures, please I hope you guys realize that he really was trying to help me.
1: Unfortunately, from what I'm seeing on social media, the man that that woman is talking about, uh, this is a, 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 a photo that was posted online. Um, the man that that woman was talking about, who was uh, putting her in a bear hug to protect her when she was in a very bad situation. Um, he has been fired from his job. Uh, you might say, well, hold on a second. Well, why, why would he be why would he be fired if he was by her own admission, protecting her, or rather by her own admission, protecting her. Um, And that's because a fellow named Tariq Nasheed shared a photo of this big, uh, this sort of large white guy with a red beard named Roy Ball, who's a sales representative. This is all online, so I'm just, this is all already gone viral. And he worked at Toyota SoCal. And this guy, Tariq Nasheed, said that he pinned this woman's, uh, this black woman's arms behind her while she was getting pepper sprayed and and he claimed that essentially he was holding her down while she was being pepper sprayed and abused she released a video saying this guy was holding me and moving me away from this and defending me and protecting me do you think that anyone anyone on the left feels bad about this guy getting no because he's a trump supporter so they doxed and lied about a trump supporter who was doing a good thing that I'm not I'm not assuming this that was the video of her we just played for you, who was doing a good thing to protect a woman, a black woman who was present at the at the protest, who was getting pepper sprayed and was in duress, and he held her and protected her and said, I've got you, it's gonna be okay. And the left wing online found out who he was, doxed him, told his employer, his employer fired him, and he's one of the good guys. Do you think they care? Do you think the left feels sorry for him or feels bad? No. Another Trump supporter, scalp. That's how they view it. This is just a guy, folks. This is just a guy that got a photo taken of him that someone lied about. You don't think the left is going to come for you, too? No. You can only hope, or you can prepare.
0: Thanks for listening to the Bus Sex, and Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple
1: podcast, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why is the vaccine rollout going so slowly? This was the most urgent project of government and private sector and science cooperation of the last year of, of recent decades. And yet we're hearing absurd absurd stories of delays of disposal of these vaccines when they can't find somebody who's approved to get them so you have something that tens of millions of people want and they want it as soon as they can get it the timing really matters but we have a circumstance where we're only getting it to about 25 percent nationally of the people who should be getting it and we're being told that it's because they can't figure out the best way to do this at the state and local level. But that's not really what's happening. There are policies in place that are moronic and that are slowing this whole thing down. And that means that people are going to die who wouldn't have had to die because the government is so incompetent. The best example of this that I can point to right now is New York. New York State, New York versus Florida has become quite a comparison in recent weeks. Florida, with Governor Ron DeSantis, who, yes, is a Republican, is handling a lot of things very well. New York just has boneheaded policy, pile the top idiotic policy, and they're even more, you know, Cuomo in particular is even more aggressive about it as the results show up and we can see the numbers and it's not working meaning they're not getting this to people fast enough. Why is that? Because they make decisions and they tell everybody, oh, I know what I'm doing. Cuomo tells everybody this is what has to happen so that we can get the vaccine distributed in the most efficient manner to the most people that will have the most benefit. But if you really look at this, you say that's just not true. In these hospitals in New York, you know what's happening? They're trying to get. Uh, medical workers and first responders to get the vaccine. And some of them don't want it. That you're not hearing a lot about that in the media, but this is true. Some of them, oh my gosh, this is the virus that we've all been locked down and we can't see relatives and we can't. But there are people who are on the front lines against the virus who don't want the vaccine. That is a fact. Well, what do we do about that? The Cuomo approach From what I understand from speaking to New York officials, the Cuomo approach is to try to convince to have the the health bureaucracy, try to convince more of those people to actually get the vaccination. But what happens in the meantime? You have people who want the vaccine, who are seniors, who are at much higher risk than younger first responders, much higher risk, and they're not getting it. And some people who fall into that category, I would say it is likely to be hundreds, if not thousands of people who fall into that category are going to get covid and they will die. And it's because the government is not moving fast enough. This is they did they, they distribute the vaccine. This is state and local. That's where we are. The government is not moving fast enough. Now, the Biden administration, and now we have to start talking about it because it's it's happening, as you know. The Biden administration is coming in and they're saying that they want to maybe just get first doses to everybody and not slow it down for second doses. Well, that seems to be a, a, a good idea. But the, the real idea is just broaden out. Get it to everyone who wants it and is at risk as quickly as possible. That's what they did in Florida. In Florida, they, they basically said, look, if, if you want this, Show up at, at, at hospitals, and they'll be giving it to people there. And yeah, sure they they ran out, but that's because the hospital's approach is we just need to get needles in arms, needles in arms, as many people as we can, as fast as we can, who want it. The Cuomo approach is you're going to do this, first responders. You're going to do this, you know, thirty year old nurses, thirty five year old doctors, or whatever. Right? You're, you're going to take this vir- I mean, take this vaccine, or else we're going to hold it up. You're going to wait. It's it's appalling. Twenty five percent. Think about that. If we were at 70 or 80 percent, what the projections were, I'd say, all right, it's not great. But at least we're twenty five percent vaccination. And, and for seniors, the data does show. I mean, the numbers really do support this for seniors. This is a very, uh, a very intelligent decision to get this vaccine. I mean, If you're over 65, I'm, the people that matter most to me in the whole world who are of that age, I'm telling them and they all agree, they all want it. Because they know, yeah, there's a there is a chance of this vaccine will have some side effects and some nasty stuff. And and there are some people that aren't going to want to take it. And and that's that's their decision. That's fine. But if you're in your 70s and you want to live another, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, you want to get this vaccine. That's that's my opinion on it. Right. That's that my sense. And of course, the the medical community actually broadly uh, takes that same approach. But it's the politicians who have come in and who have slowed this whole thing down. And the media is too busy playing politics with this to tell people the truth. Right. The mainstream media has vilified Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, according to Fox News here, over coronavirus vaccine distribution issues in Florida, while New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has largely received a pass for his state's problems. And people are starting to figure this out. The media research center says the difference in the media coverage of Florida governor DeSantis and New York governor Cuomo is journalistic malpractice. Yeah, it absolutely is because it's essential to the Democrat mind as California is having the most cases, the most most deaths it has ever had from COVID. It's essential to the Democrat mind to find any excuse or any reason for them to believe that they have done a better job with this. They've handled this so much better than the Republicans because we've been led to believe by the media that it's Trump and people not wearing masks that are the reason for these spikes. Well, why is it spiking so much in California? Anyone who says it's because of of the Republicans in California who don't agree with these mandates is a moron and is lying to you. That's not what's happening. I'm a Republican. I'm in New York City, and I have no choice. I wear a mask everywhere all the time. I mean, not outside, but in all the buildings I go to and everything else. right, so... I think it's so interesting. People say to me, fine, do what you do, what you're saying. Don't don't wear a mask. You know, you're, you're putting people at risk. And I would say, no, no, I'm I have to wear a mask. I have no choice. I have to wear a mask. They're forcing me to. They're, they're using threats to make me do this thing. So I'm I'm compliance. And it, and it makes me angry that I when I say that I don't want to have to comply with this stuff, but I don't have enough on my own to overturn this. I don't have enough that I could actually make them stop the madness. All I can do is point. I'm trying to get them to, to realize, I mean, th- think about it this way. We have set an all-time record for COVID, uh, for COVID deaths, right? And 4,000 coronavirus deaths uh, in one day. That just happened. That was reported today. So mask mandates and lockdowns are such highly effective policies that we're somehow still setting horrific records for COVID deaths with the highest mass compliance we've ever had nationwide and with the strictest lockdowns in states like California. Do they have an explanation for this? Do they have any way of of making sense of this for us? No, no, they do not. Or, Or they tell you things that you just know is not true. They just know it's not going to happen. Um, and so or rather it's, it's not provable based on the facts. I mean, and this is very frustrating for a lot of us because we sit around and say, I thought this was all supposed to be based on the data. I thought this was this was going to be so clear. Right. Trust me, if if they had instituted their 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 full on lockdown stay at home orders in California and within within two weeks, cases dropped 20 percent. That's all you'd hear about. Instead, cases skyrocket. Well, hold on. I thought we were doing we're taking this action. And you know this this is almost like saying you know if somebody had a really high fever and and they were they were running you know running really high fever and they were at risk of of dying uh, from organ failure in the hospital and we kept giving them you know their fevers is 100, 102 and then we gave them something for the fever and then their fever is 103 and then we gave them something else and the fever's 104 and they're saying, oh, no, but if it wasn't for this, if, if it wasn't for what we're doing, the person would, would already have a, you know, a fever that would go 110, which obviously you'd be dead at that point. But it's not working. OK, it, it, I'm not even to say it's not working is so obvious because it should at least show some benefit. When you take this kind of an intervention, it should at least show some relatively immediate decline. Give it a two week cy- uh, cycle for the virus. Instead, it shows the opposite. Instead, it shows it just keeps on climbing without any dip in the trend. And that's how you know what they're telling you is wrong. These policies do not work. Theoretically, is there a scientific argument for how some of Of course. But we're talking about human beings. We're talking about society. We're talking about the complicated aspects of of human interaction and human nature. And so to, to, to insist that this is somehow going to make everything better is just that it's insistence rooted in a stubbornness and a refusal to accept that people were wrong on this thing. And I just hope they'll, they'll, I mean, with the vaccination program, I remember when in New York, we had people banging pots and pans every day. day I think it was seven o'clock and, you know, first responders and all this, we, we American people have a, have a lot of ability and skill and brilliance you know, if we're called upon to try to help you. What can we do? How do we set up centers to get vaccinations going? How do we I mean, we've got so much vaccine stockpiled. We're not getting it into people's arms quickly enough. That's com- that's completely unacceptable. But there's so much political influence on this. There's so many people that it's all about. My tribe is right. My team is winning. Your team is bad. And the seniors who continue to die in unprecedented numbers from this virus are the ones who suffer from that indifference and that narcissism, which is just rooted in politics and rooted in the Democrats' belief that they've been right all along here, even though the numbers show the opposite.
0: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. The show ain't over yet, folks. Keeping it real. It's time for Roll Call.
1: All right. Got a lot of roll call today because I know I want to hear from many, many of you or read your thoughts and share them with the rest of the team. And look, friends, this is it's a tough week. It's a tough week. Um, It's disappointing. It's uh, disconcerting. For some, it's a little frightening. I know that. I know that's what's happening here. I know what we've been through and. We're going to be OK. I understand the scale of the challenge. I understand the scope of the threat, but I think we're, we're, we're going to be OK. We've just got to stay focused and, and remember who we are and what we're all about. We'll get through this. I really I really mean that we'll get through this. There are better weeks ahead, not the inauguration week. That one's going to be rough for you, too. But there are better weeks ahead. Uh, better times ahead for this country. Uh, let's get into it. because I want to hear from a lot of you. Michael writes, Buck, I love you, man. Michael, I love you, too. I'm not OSS, but I've been listening almost daily for four years, and I agree with you 99% of the time. But what are people supposed to do? Raise our voices and signs until Democrats have stolen every election and every right? Should George Washington and Thomas Jefferson have had a peaceful protest, went through the process, and obeyed the laws? Other than violence, what options are left? We've been civil, obeyed the rules. The Democrats have rammed it down our throats. I don't want to disagree with you on this, but being peaceful hasn't and isn't going to work. Sometimes good people have to do bad things for good causes. Ask any person that has ever fought in any war. We should fight fire with fire. We should protest outside of every Democrat representative's house and use their tactics against them. I don't want to sound crazy and I'm not being sarcastic. Please give me another answer that hasn't already failed. I'm afraid if something isn't done now, it will be too late in two or four years uh, from Michael. Okay, buddy, look. I, I understand where you're coming from, but let, let's be let's be very clear about this. What happened at the Capitol? And put aside that, I've, I've, you know, it was it was uh, criminal and it was and there was violence and a police officer was killed. And we've already established all all that. And, you know, I think that that's all terrible. OK, but but what was accomplished? Put aside, what was accomplished by what happened at the Capitol? Are there going to be more of those kinds of riots? You think people are going to do more of that? no. No, that's not what that's not how conservatism uh, grows. That's not how conservatism is. That's just not that's just not what we do. It's not who we are. We don't do that. Right. I'm, I'm not going to be a part of that. I'm not going to do that. Now, what you're talking about, when does when is violence called for in society? Yeah, man, if they if they start sending people door to door and they say, hey, we're 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 taking all of your guns. And we're also and if a, if a family member has a problem with that, we're going to arrest that person and everything. I mean, there there is the Second Amendment exists as a check on government tyranny. And that is possible that that could be an issue we have to face in the future. We're not there yet. We are we are not there yet. And people are being very emotional right now and they're not thinking I, I believe they're not thinking <clears throat> with full context and clarity about the situation we're in and the ways that we can move forward. It looked like we were completely done. Obama came into office with control in the House, with control in the Senate, promising to radically transform the country. And we were being told as he came into office, you know, that's it. This is the new way. This is America forever now. And, And then two years later, you had a massive red wave and the Tea Party came back. And so... Do not despair. There is a future here for politics in this country. Remember, politics is a way to resolve disputes by other means without violence. And I, and I know that a lot of you don't want to hear that right now, but I am also going to tell you, people who are saying violence is an answer here are wrong, and they're and they're demagoguing this. Because they're not going to, I mean, the, the the big voices, the the rich people out there, and in, in TV land and everything else, who are saying this. There's not very many of them, uh, but anybody who's who's justifying or advocating for this, uh, they they're trying to play on the emotions of conservative crowds right now for their own benefit. Um, violence is not the answer. It's just not. Not in this. Not in this circumstance. Not here. I'm sorry. Um, and Michael, you you know what? You are more than free to disagree with me, of course. And I appreciate you writing in and the respectful tone you took. And I'm honored that you listened to the show. But I'm telling you, it's going to get better. We we are not we are not at a point where you know the violent overthrow of the government is something anybody should be thinking about or talking about. All right, that's not the way. We will rally. We will come back. But we will do it through. The process and I know I can already hear the boos from people and the anger about that but it will work it happened look at 2016 look what look what we defeated in 2016 Um, but I I know I know right now it's hard man I know I'm going to this weekend I just want to I just want to tune out from all the politics, honestly. It's, it's, uh, it's overwhelming these days. And I know a lot of you are probably even taking a day or two or hopefully less than you know, three or four, but you know, take a day off from even listening to this show because it's just, it's just rough right now. I get that. I understand. It's, gonna, it's going to be interesting. And also, um, let me say this to you, Michael. Are we going to abandon this country that we love so much to the radical left? Are we going to do that? We're going gonna to let that happen? No. Nah. And if we abandon the process, that's exactly what will happen. Thanks for
0: listening to the Bus Sexton Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple podcast, the
1: iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Roll call continues as we get ready to head off into the weekend here. Uh, we got Kevin up. I just saw you on Fox. And thank you for standing up for the Constitution and for our system of government. We don't agree on much, but we stand firmly for peaceful transition. Please continue to grow as a leader and grow your conservative side away from the craziness. OK, Kevin, I'll, I appreciate it, man. I mean, you know what would be so helpful if, if we're just willing to say when someone does a good thing, that it's a good thing and not the, oh, they did a good thing. But I hate all these other things they did, so I won't give them credit for the good thing. Uh, fake Tapper was out there doing that. I saw it. just because you've grown, you've grown a conscience now doesn't mean you should get any credit for it. He tweeted something like that on the, on the day of the Capitol Hill riots. Oh, yeah, that's really that's really helpful. People are condemning something that, uh, you know, the, the right has basically universally um, in media and in politics, I should say. Not, not everybody's condemned this, I know that. But, you know, the, the the talking heads and the politicians, the elected Republicans, they've condemned this. And instead of saying, we will stand with people on this one, you know, we'll stand with those on in their condemnation. They say, no, not good enough. You didn't do all these other things we wanted you to do. So we still hate you and you and you stink and you're not getting any credit. That's not helpful. If it's really about making things better in this country, that's not that's not uh, working toward that at all. Um. Todd, next up here. Hey, Buck, love your show. Agree with what you say on the radio. I think the big thing is to get Republicans elected. Do you know of any organizations that are tracking the Trumpers versus the Rhinos? Would love to get involved with building the new Republican Party. Any help is appreciated. Thanks, and keep fighting. Uh, Todd, that's a very good question. There are a lot of organizations out there that are really uh, essentially just Trump hangers-on that I, that I could think of where I don't know what their value is going to be right now. you know they they like throw pro-trump parties or something and that's it. I, I don't know. So we're gonna have to see what reforms now and and what we're really all about. I mean, the the, the things about uh, the Trump administration that I think will endure. one is understanding the media is the opposition. Uh, corporate media is with with exceptions that we all know about corporate media is the opposition to the constitution to rule of law to conservatism and that's just that's just where we are uh, they they want leftist authoritarian control they want wokeness they want the liberal orthodoxy to be uh, forced upon everybody in every way in as many po- in as many possible venues as they can that's what they want so I I think that that's um, I I don't know what's going to happen with organizations. Uh, I know we got to build platforms. We got to get away from this this tyranny of the tech companies thing that they're able to just shut down speech they don't like the second they don't like it. I mean, we we got to create something else. It's too big of a disadvantage in the battlefield of ideas, and we're starting to do that. And and I, I give all due credit, you know. Uh, Dan Dan Bongino is out there building platforms. He owns them and builds them, or he's a partner in ownership of them. And there are others that I know are working on this now too. So there are those people, and then there the, the the fat happy conservatives uh, in media who malign people for calling for that. You know, honestly, it was it was such an honor when Rush read my my tweet storm. Uh, earlier this year, on building platforms and what needs to be done, because Rush knew it. He knew I was right, and it really, it really meant a lot that he agreed with it. You know, there were uh, one or two folks out there who trashed me publicly for that by name, and they're shameful. But there's a lot of other stuff going on behind uh, behind that. Um, anyway, uh, that's what we need to do. We need to build our platforms. We need to build our our stuff. Uh, let's see here. Is it Theo or Flo, producer Mark?
3: I believe it's Theo. Theo.
1: Okay, cool. Devastated, just devastated. What do we do now, as patriots, to stop the evil entities that have won? Please tell me something I can use to give hope. I am a veteran. I am a hardworking woman at fifty-two. I feel betrayed. I feel lost. I'm certainly scared to death of the socialism, etc. Where do we go to? Where do we go from here? Uh, Fio, um, I understand everything you're feeling right now. And there were people in this Trump administration, and it's not the time right now to get too deep into this. There are people in the Trump administration who, who did betray their voters. Uh, they lied to us because they weren't willing to tell us the truth. There were people involved in the uh, in the lawsuits who were not. Now to say that they lied to us maybe that's they weren't straight with us. They weren't straight with me and I was talking there's what you hear on the show and then there's I'm I'm in constant contact with people in in the administration in different uh, federal agencies, you know, I've got people all over the place that I talk to who speak to me off the record so I know what's going on and and they know they can completely trust me and I and I always keep my word about respecting their their anonymity and their privacy. Um but there are, are, are people that were just basically going along with this like it was some big charade. They knew this wasn't going to work. And the, re, the, way they got, the, the way they got people to continue to say, and I was sitting here telling you, guys, we've got to get to the bottom of this. We've got to get answers. Where is this vote for? We've got to look at this. Because they kept saying, any moment now, any moment now, you're going to see it. Any moment now, it's going to happen. Now, if I told you, that I was talking to a, a um, criminal defense team in a murder trial and it looked really bad for the accused, but I thought the accused might be innocent because the criminal defense trial, I kept talking to them and they were telling me in back channel, we have a video that exonerates our client. We're, we're going to release it. We're just getting, we're going through the process now to get it entered into evidence, but we have a video to exonerate our client. And I keep saying, OK, all right, I, I think there, there's there's reason to believe this guy's innocent. I'm waiting for that video that's going to exonerate their client. All right, guys, waiting for that video. There is no video. That's where we are right now. So so, Fio, I, I totally understand. And for anybody that that felt like, well, I mean, you have to go based on the information of people that are in these positions that have the access. I don't have the access. I'm not seeing the voter rolls. I'm not bringing challenges in court. I'm not doing these things. I'm telling you now. I've thought that those things were very, very unlikely to succeed. I've thought that those things, for now at least, since uh, the the initial the initial lawsuits were all uh, slapped down. I've said, look, I, I think we, we. I've been telling you. You know, if you listen to the show, I've been telling you we need to be preparing for Biden administration for quite some time now. And. I'm still angry, though, because there were a lot of people who created this sense that it was all going to turn around. And that led to these unmet expectations that boiled over for some people in D.C. on Capitol Hill. And then they made they made the wrong choice. They made they they transgressed as a result of it. It was bad. Adam Buck, I enjoy your show. I've listened to you for many years, and I'm glad to have shaken your hand at the Whoa Whoa panel. Well, Adam, thank you so much. I'm glad that uh, I got a chance to meet you. I think you've missed a very important point. Uh-oh, it was such a nice message, too. At a federal level, they will do everything possible to get the Dominion voting machines everywhere. That way, they never have to worry about losing power ever again. I believe we are beyond the point of no return. Shields high. Adam uh, Dominion voting machines. Uh, Sidney Powell cannot be trusted on this stuff anymore. I'm just going to tell you, Sidney Powell cannot be trusted. She has lost credibility on this issue. I know she was a great champion for General Flynn. And and that that's like I said, we praise what should be praised. We criticize what should be criticized. She was right on General Flynn. She has she has gone off the rails on this Dominion voting machine stuff. They're suing her for a billion dollars, by the way. Um, now, she doesn't have a billion dollars, and obviously they're not going to get that, but they're suing her for defamation. And I, I, if I'm her, I think that that discovery process could be very uncomfortable. That's um, not going to go well. So um, Sidney Sydney Powell misled you on Dominion voting machines. That's, that's where we are right now. Now, maybe they've got the video that proves the client is innocent, right? I've been telling you, but they haven't, they haven't provided it now. So now it is reasonable to assume that they misled and there is no video. We have to accept that. And I know that's difficult for a lot of people, but that is where we are. There is no Kraken. It will not be unleashed. It was all a mirage. That's not to say there wasn't voter fraud. Don't conflate these things. There was voter fraud. There's always voter fraud. There was not enough proof of the fraud because of the way the Democrats changed the system in advance of the election to be able to convince a court to overturn the results in even one state. That's where we are right now. That is the circumstance that we are dealing with. Um, So, Adam, I, I I do not think Dominion voting machines, there was not... Some plot with Putin and Hugo Chavez and China and all all this stuff. No. No. It's just not real. It's just not real. And people can get mad at me for saying that. I'm telling you the truth, guys. I'm telling you the truth. Richard. Buck, I hope you had a great Christmas. Uh, I took a media break and thought all was good. Then my brothers and sisters in Georgia handed the Senate to the Dems. And now the Capitol snafu... Buck, I feel like we are the 300 and entire legions of liberalism are about to rain down on us. Good news is we have the armor of truth and we can fight in the shade. I do think Trump completely was blinded by rage and was not handled the post, has not handled the post-election well at all. I'm worried about the future, but we must fight on. Shields high. Richard, God bless, man. I'm with you. I, I, I see it the same way. And, and I also think we need, to, we, need to be, uh, we need to be truthful about the following. Um, The president did not handle the post-election well. He did not. Uh, That's, you know, that's just, again, we've got to come from a place of honesty on this. And he did not handle the post-election well. And and running around saying that he won by a landslide. If you're going to say you won by a landslide, you have to tell me, okay, how much? How many votes did you win by? It's one thing to say there was fraud. Yes, there was fraud. Are you sure it was sufficient fraud that you lost in all these states? We have to take into account the possibility that given the vote changes, I mean, the the vote uh, procedure changes about mail-in balloting that Trump lost, actually lost in these states, even with discounting the fraud that did exist. Do you see what I'm saying? It is possible, friends, that Trump lost by I don't know what the final margin was in, in Michigan you know, maybe there were maybe there were five or 10,000 fraudulent ballots or, or overvotes or whatever in Michigan. But Trump lost by 100,000. Right. I mean, this is possible. We we have to look at this and say, I mean, he, he didn't just lose in one state. He lost in what is it? Uh, half a dozen states that he needed to win. So, you know, he's running around saying he won by a landslide. OK, how do we know he won by a landslide? If you're going to use numbers, you got to be able to prove the numbers. I'm angry about this because we have been misled here, folks. A lot of people have been lied to about this. Uh, Richard, I think you see it. I think you see it with clarity. I hope a lot of others do as well. You're
0: in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast.
1: All right, next up here for Roll Call before we head off for the weekend, we got Julian. Uh, Buck, I agree 100% with your show yesterday regarding what went down in D.C. It's unfortunate you lost followers, but know that those of us who believe in the Constitution and the founding principles of this country are with you. Thanks for being a voice of reason in these interesting times. Love the show. Take care, brother. Uh, Julian, thank you so much. I do appreciate that support right now because, you know, there's always a part of me that that gets a uh, gets a little down when people who have especially if they have look, I don't care about the the left lying about me and hating me and the, the death threats and all that. That That's, you know, whatever. It's gross. But who cares? But when somebody who's been a part of our team Buck family uh, feels like I because I'm telling them what I think and honestly, I know to be true that I've let them down and they won't listen to the show for some period hopefully they'll come back but you know maybe they don't that, that bums me out and, and I just want everyone listening to this to know that I, I come to this show and producer Mark we, we do this every day trying to serve you as the audience in the absolute most, most honorable and informative and entertaining way we possibly can every day and uh, this is a tough time but I, I have too much respect for this audience to lie to you so I'm not going to And if that means some people don't want it, they don't want to listen. They don't want to hear it. They can, they can, they are free. And I'm not saying this spitefully. They're free to listen to somebody who is telling them what they want to hear all the time. But I don't think that's, I don't think that comes from a place of respect. I think that's, I think that's exploitative. I really do. And there have been a lot of people who have exploited the MAGA movement for their own purposes in media. And it's a shame. It's a shame. Um, Brian Buck, love the show. Huge fan, everyday listener. I'm a 14-year vet of the Army. While I don't condone the violence, the reason people are frustrated is because they don't trust the system and with good reason. How is it that liberals can break the law and nothing happens, but if you're a Republican and they don't break the law like General Flynn, you get destroyed even after the DOJ drops charges. You have Bill and Hillary that both broke the law, nothing happened. Obama spied on a presidential campaign unlawfully. Nothing happened. People are sick of it. We are at the precipice of a civil war. Uh, Brian, I agree with everything you've said here except the last line. I don't think we are at the precipice. Or may- maybe I should, re- I should rephrase that. I agree with everything. I hope your last line is incorrect because I, I don't know. You're saying we're at the precipice. You could be right. Who knows where this country is going in a month. I don't think we're there, and I certainly hope that we don't see any escalation or political violence whatsoever. And maybe, maybe this is naive, and, and some of you, and this is not the best place to go right now before we head off the weekend. But I'm going to say this. I love my fellow Americans, even the left-wing lunatics. Yeah, I know. I, I want what's best for them and for this country, even though they hate me, even though they hate what I stand for. And I want to fight for them by opposing their policies and getting my ideas and what I believe in to become more popular and to become the way this country pursues its, its days ahead. But it's going to be quite a challenge. But that's right. I want what's best for all of my fellow Americans, even the crazy ones. we got a better week ahead next week, my friends. Thank you for being here with me. Until next time, shields high.